Welcome to Style Zephyr, a lifestyle podcast brought to you by the Alec Bradley Cigar Company. Live true and celebrate each other. Music provided by Grammy Award winner Ulysses Owens Jr. And now your host, Kevin Quinn. Howdy, ladies and gentlemen. This is your old buddy Kevin coming to you with Style Zephyr HD and StyleZephyr.com. Super grateful to have you with me again today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you are all enjoying your summer as best as you possibly can, as well as staying happy and healthy. Uh, been a little while since I've gotten a little episode out. Uh, lots going on personally as well as in the world. Um, to those that have uh, thrown their love and support out, I have got K. Quinn Custom uh, officially up and off the ground. Custom suits, custom shirts, garments, uh, everything from uh, hopefully one day I'll be doing some blue jeans and so on. And um, cufflinks as well. as I can do uh, I can do affordable shipping on cufflinks and ties. They make great gifts. Or if your uh, accessories as well as your wardrobe are both looking for a little bit of an upgrade. So that has, of course, also been keeping me busy. Very grateful again for all the folks that have been supporting me on that endeavor. For this episode, I wanted to do something different once again uh, and something that I have not covered yet in terms of subject matter expertise. Um, because I don't have any expertise in it, even uh, more conveniently, is jewelry and watches and um, the trade, the training, uh, everything that goes into it, really. So um, I'm very, very thankful and um, happy to have had on the show for today, Mr. Ryan Rick. Ryan is the owner and operator behind the jewelry replacement source out of Phoenix, uh, Ryan is a uh, consummate professional. He's a family man. Uh, took over an established family business uh, only a number of years ago and really transformed the business into the success that it is today. So uh, Ryan sheds some light on training, on the career, um, as well as uh, kind of growing up in it in himself from uh, his own personal family connections to the business. And uh, we also really dive deep into philosophy and customer engagement in terms of uh, the consultation experience and kind of what to expect and getting the right kind of service that you need for whatever the occasion might be. So once again, thank you all so much for bearing with me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's jump right on into it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Casa de Montecristo, leading tobacco retailer in Chicago. Casa features a beautiful 3,700-square-foot lounge with a VIP room, a conference room, and theater for hosting your events as well. Their inventory features products from companies like Regius, Alec Bradley, Davidoff, Camacho, Romeo y Julieta, Ashton, My Father, and dozens more. Their aging room includes cigars as sold as free embargo. Pay them a visit at www.casademontecristo-chicago.com or cdmcigars.com, the home of the only online retailer, proudly paired with Style Zephyr. Are you looking for a vintage flair for your home, closet, wardrobe, or even toy collection or jewelry box? Come home to great value at Affordable Antiques and More. With 25 years experience, the award-winning store boasts 11,000 square feet of vintage furnishings, DIY, and wedding supplies. Find them on Facebook and Instagram with affordable shipping available. Call today at 630-505-1463. 
or stop by at 1508 North Naper Boulevard in Naperville. Don't forget to say hello to Shaggy. Affordable antiques and more, proudly paired with Style Zephyr to be true to you. Admit it, you've fallen into the Pinterest wormhole so many times, it's not even funny. Okay, it's a little funny. Those fail photos couldn't have been further from the original. But your next project doesn't have to be a fail. At DIY Vinci, we curate kits for you with step-by-step -step instructions and video tutorials. Or if you're just looking for art supplies or even home decor, we've got that too. Discover what you could DIY at www.diyvinci.com. Your masterpiece starts here. Howdy folks, welcome on back to this episode of Style Zephyr and Style Zephyr HD. Thank you so much for tuning in, so much going on, and we've got something a little bit new going on right now. Um, style is all-encompassing, so while we've talked clothing, we've talked cigars, I've got an amazing guest with me today. We're going to be talking jewelry and all things um, involving the arts, the craft, and the science, um, and family history as well. Mr. Ryan Rick is with me. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on the Zephyr today. Hey, buddy. Glad I wore my black shirt. I feel like the designer already. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're all right. Everything blends the facial hair and, like, you know, the... Goodness gracious. Yeah, you know, it's... it's um... oh, that a local restaurant here? Shout out to uh, Arizona. Mexican food, delicious. Wild, wild west. Mm. Great place. After the quarantine, I need my fix also, so I'm going to be finding a place around Chicago, too. It's going to be good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking jewelry, and this is something that I know nothing about and it's it's something that there's you know symbolism behind it there's craft behind it um i'm sure there's science behind it and i'm sure you know it's it's like finding an ant on your countertop whether there's one there's more if, if i can learn something i'm sure a lot of other folks can too um if we can start it out um introduce yourself and i guess kind of what got you started into the industry or the craft or the trade you bet buddy you bet so um once again and like i said buddy thanks so much uh, my name is Ryan Rick, and it's like two first names. Um, and uh, yeah, buddy. And so um, I have um, the diamond jewelry industry. I mean, goodness gracious, um, you know, how can you kind of give you the Reader's Digest version? I mean, obviously, you know, I think jewelry to everybody has some form of connection. Well, let me just take that back. Actually, not. Not everybody's into it. Not everybody wears it, has appreciation for it. Uh, but it truly is um, all part of history, like anything that's made it through the years of a gesture, uh, symbolism, um, any gift giving. I mean, all the mile markers to our life that society has built through years, birthdays, gift, you know, um, anniversaries. Um, so, you know, how do you how do you take this big, giant world of jewelry and industry with everybody's used for fashion and as a business as opposed to, like you said earlier, the science behind it to truly creating it um, to its long to its long journey. So, um, you know, where do you really, really start? Um, tough to say, but um, it's still very impactful, um, and it still very much has a presence in our society, which I think is extremely important. Um, it has value in it still extremely, whether it shifts or trends in certain directions. Um, and it's a wonderful business. You know, the nice thing about it, which a lot of people I think sometimes don't realize is, you know, it's a love business. It's a business of love. It, it, when you enter that arena of giving something, some, somebody that has meaning, it's usually because there's some deeper connection there. And it's just one of many symbols that, that, that does it. Just sure. like flowers or, like flowers or, 
you know, a, a, a Britney Spears CD from, you know, 2002. <laughs> My day's <Okay>. cracked. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, like so, you, yeah. I, I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, uh, like you said, two first names, as my great uncle would say, um, are you a twin? Because no, no one person can be that, that, that handsome. There's got to be another <laughs> one of you somewhere else. That is my great uncle. And we're not, we're not there yet. I'll uh, maybe one day. Um, cool. I mean, yeah, there, there carries a lot of emotional weight to it. And it's just like, um, it is actually, like you said, flowers have their own weight to them. Um, suits are kind of the same way, like especially uh, we've had a long conversation about suiting. Um, first of many more, a lot of gentlemen will tend to even get into bespoke suiting as an heirloom itself. And if their son or daughter doesn't, you know, ideally in this case a son, um, or if a lady gets herself a bespoke suit, maybe one day she, um, it's like a wedding dress or like a tuxedo, it gets handed down to other generations before um, in, as someone else may have worn it for their wedding, maybe someone else, um, a friend of mine from college got married in her mother's dress. Um, and that's kind of like for that, um, for, for, cause I think you've mentioned fam. For, hmm? I'm sorry. I was just saying you're hitting the nail right on the head. If, if I know where you're going with this, sure. it, it, it's in that same category. And to be quite honest with you, that's even impressive. I, I never even probably thought of the suit because traditionally in my line of work, which I call the wedding mafia, everything from photographers to uh, florists to venues to, uh, you know, tabletop services. You know, I'm connected with all these people. And you even mentioning that's what's one major area between the bridal wedding shopping and, and shopping for the dress and things like that because you're kind of part of that journey as well. And a lot of them do get, like, passed down, whether they think it's fitting or not, that they wear it for their theme of, of the wedding um, you hit the nail on the head, but actually, I never even heard of really suits though. That that's that's wild. I never oh, really yeah. heard. Of yeah, any I mean, suit. as long as you got a good enough tailor to, you know, you can only take something in as much as you can and take it back out sure. if you're a little bit more portly or a wider seat, which is polite tailor talk for you got a fat ass. Um, so that kind of, <laughs> uh, or even even a fedora. My Stetson is on its stand over there. You know, a good properly built fedora can last 120 to 150 years. So. If cool. you if you can't find you know if you find your grandfather's you know fedora from 1945, go for it. Um, so when it comes to the actual craft of it, um, sure. With, with everything that inspires folks and kind of lights that wick so to speak and ignites what actually drives you, if it's compulsion or family, um, what got you started into it? Was it family? Was it career? Was it science? What started it for you? Yeah. So I think I think the path was pretty organic. You know, um, um, when you hear family, um, I didn't necessarily didn't follow in the family's footsteps by any stretch of means. And I really shouldn't use the term family. It was actually just my father who uh, who, who spearheaded himself in the industry uh, in the mid to late 80s and just positioned himself in the right area. He was a big uh, supplier rep wise. So he was like any other representative, like you'd sell you know, microchips back in the 80s to technology companies or, uh, you know, this gosh thing, water mug, you know. Um, literally, you could go to stores and companies, businesses, and sell piles and parcels of bigger stones, little stones, uh, just like a regular diamond wrap. And just like any other hustle or any other business, you generate clientele, you build relationships, you do follow-up calls, and through time, it becomes like a regular service and become like a diamond guy. So it's no different than any other career. Um, we were blessed to be through a very booming time 
And, you know, by the time I got older, I realized, you know, how successful he was. I probably worked my way into some, you know, early 20 years and didn't say anything yet. Like, well, I'm going to be motocross professional or I'm going to, you know, work in a factory or do this or be a heart surgeon. Those things never really occurred. It was hanging out with great guys like you, communicating with people, and I just needed to find my, my niche. I loved the business because it was not stress-free, but it kind of is. You know, when you're sitting down with people and someone says, listen, I'm in love, or at least I think I'm in love, or this is my 10th time in love, uh, it, uh, you know, I know it. <laughs> But aside from that, there's also other business end of it. There's major jewelry repair, there's buy, sell, there's trade. And then you get into kind of the gold market side, which people invest in, you know, um, and things like that. So um, once again, buddy, I kind of hit a couple of areas, you know, during this journey, but that's kind of how it all started. I probably didn't really calculate um, the truth of my life until I was 29, 30 and said, you know what, this is the direction I want to go in. This is the person I want to be. This is the man I want to be. And this is the future I want to create. <clears throat> Not until about 29, 30. Make a long story short, I got my feet wet in the retail business. You may have heard of Hellsberg Diamonds, um, over 300 stores nationwide, maybe eight or nine people in the stores, depending how big it is. But I was getting my feet wet customer service, getting antiquated with, um, you know, the terms and the knowledge, picking up certificates and degrees along the way and building my gemology knowledge and, and things like that so that I just wasn't thinking about selling and, you know, earning 2% commissions on sales, you know, at the corporate ladder making twelve fifty an hour. That wasn't the end goal. I used it as a um, lily pad to go to the, to jump to the next place. Uh, and then from there, as you possibly know, sometimes hard work creates opportunity, people, conversation. And sure enough, uh, I got a tap on the shoulder um, in regards to owning a store that was getting ready to retire or close here in Phoenix. And um, I knew that was my calling. I knew that was my knock on the door. And uh, probably like most people, that could be fearful, scared, or unsure. But when you when when it, when the bite's there, when you know it, you bite into that son of a gun, and you never let go. So yeah. here we are. Yeah, it's, and that's one of those things where I'll kind of tell people because I have um, I've traveled a path, but I've it's not not a road yet. But you got to kind of forage that. Um, I mean, look at Chicago potholes. That shit doesn't get fixed very quickly. So you know you got to kind of fill in the gaps and everything as you as you go along. But it is one of those things where I tell people, and even. Um, my first high school, I was kind of like impromptu asked to do like um, an entrepreneur class. And I was like, does that mean like you want me to teach or you want me to sit in it? And they said, no, we want you to teach. I'm like, oh, 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 you want oh, what? Like you might you mean I might actually have a diploma from being at the school? Like what does that mean? Um, I was a dumb kid. I was not a bad kid. I was a dumb kid. Um, but On purpose? The, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, – I was a young kid. That's a long story. You can talk to my therapist about it. You, just, but you didn't pay too much. You just didn't. Uh, you just weren't for school. Maybe, I didn't you know? do my homework. I yeah. I didn't do my homework. You know, at that age, there's girls. You're looking at. You know, you're looking at girls. There was uh, at right. that at right. that age, there was uh, WWE uh, No Mercy was on Nintendo 64, and then PlayStation 2. So my priorities were elsewhere. So kind of like that. But I. I asked the teacher, like they actually on the spot, because I I needed to meet, I was I needed to have been introduced to this teacher anyway, and 
five minutes after the class, and he said, uh, "Do you want to say anything?" I said, "No, I wasn't ready." Like I didn't. But he's like, "Oh, please!" Like we've got like two minutes before the bell. Okay, fine. I said, I looked at him, and there was like a, a good. These are high school kids, like if juniors or seniors. And I said, um, I looked at the teacher. I said, "Can I curse?" This is the real world. I said, "Can I curse?" He goes, "Yeah." And I looked at everybody. I said, very first thing I said, guys, I said, no textbook. I said, you know, your textbooks are going to cost a lot of money. Not a single textbook will have a chapter labeled relationships, kindness, and give a shit. Because no one's going to give a shit about you if you don't give a shit about yourself and providing for other people. That's fabulous. And, you know. He did this home run. That's a home run in that class. I I think I rambled for about two more minutes before the bell rang. And then I remember the teacher because I was wearing one of my three pieces at the time. And it had some pop going on. And a couple people were like, hey, sir, like, you know, we really like your suit. I was like, hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. Here's your homework assignment. Email me. Or give it to your parents. Have them email me. But uh, that was a standing ovation, too, right, as you walked out. One young lady I overheard said to the teacher, she's like, can he come back and do that again? Because he's really good. And I was like, well, I'm, this is the I'm real t- world, sweetheart. But, I mean, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, it is taking that risk. And when you know that you have that care and that audacity and the stomach for it, because too many people will hit a roadblock and will kind of start, like, complaining about it. It's like being back in college and complaining on Facebook that you have a term paper to write. Like, just do it. If you've got the energy to just – complain start doing it i'm going to tell you a uh, real quick one i'll try to do this under two minutes um, i told you earlier in the career in order to get my feet wet i worked at hellsberg diamonds um, and i think if anybody is pursuing any type of career you know start thin if you can you know it, there's there's no road that ever made it you know right to the top we all know that and i'm not trying to sound cliche-ish but anyhow um you know the jewelry business is a very much dress up business especially okay and when I mention retail stores, you know, whether it's your corner plazas or they have their own stand brick and mortar uh, or you see four of them at the corner of a mall, you know, or anything like that. So Illinois, Illinois people at Oak Brooks or the Schomburgs, whatever. There's a lot of these stores out there. Right. And these are some hardworking people. Some people make a good living in these stores. Um, and you'll be surprised. People would be surprised at the numbers in the business all these locations do. Um but anyhow, it's, 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 it's been policy for years and years. You know, when you're going to go in there spending $5 or $5,000 or $10,000, the person behind the counter dressed very nice, and they still do. So I probably cycled through eight suits and a bunch of colored shirts. I had always been in a professional business. Over the years, I collected quite a few, three or four pairs of shoes, blah, blah, blah. But you talk about people's impression of dressing nice, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Now, I was a guy who actually, for three or four years, I was walking into a mall, walking into a mall. In a mall, there's a lot of people. And usually in malls, a lot of people, there's food courts and things like that. Well, on a Saturday, I looked like a million bucks walking in there at, I don't know, a one o'clock shift to nine o'clock shift. And uh, it was amazing. You know, you could do it. You know, and of course, you think you're the man because you're looking sharp and you go whatever. You might even walk through the place with your shades on. Okay, you might even walk through the place with your shades on. That's how, that's how cool you feel. Anyhow, one day I get to a door, and no joke, and this kid, probably about 13 years old, he runs up to me. He goes, excuse me. So this kid ran up to me. He goes, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I said, yeah. This kid stopped me. He goes, are you a millionaire? All from just 
walking into my 12.50 an hour job at Hellsberg Diamonds, getting my feet wet in the business, but looking like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, uh, we, we, no, it's all good. We, we digress quite a bit, but, um, it's, it's, uh, uh, Edward Sexton, uh, is one of my favorite designers, uh, for perspective for people that like music. And if you've ever heard of a little band called the Beatles, um, they mostly performed out of garages if you've ever heard of them. But he, uh, <laughs> for example, the, uh, the Abbey Road, um, he, he, uh, he and the late Tommy Nutter designed those suits. And he said uh, once, like, you'll have people like Rupert Murdoch and all these multimillionaires or billionaires walking on in. You can have people just walking off the streets. Uh, you know, maybe you quit smoking and you wanted to treat yourself after saving your money and you wanted to buy something nice. And you have people who will be willing to spend that kind of money on a better suit because they look the bollocks and they know it. So as I always tell folks, because most of the time it's always someone who says, you know, this doesn't fit right or this doesn't fit right. You know what? You're perfect. If you're worried about something not fitting you, that's because it doesn't fit you. It's our job to make that garment fit you because the garment's not perfect yet because cool. you are. Um, for for getting into it, like um, if you're because your family had already kind of been into it and just how whether it was fate or however you want to say of how events kind of unfolded before even having started the business, but just learning and kind of grinding your teeth. Is is there like a textbook education or uh, like uh, like how would it go about like an organic experience in building your rapport and just knowledge base? Is there... Uh, get into it, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh, to be honest with you, um, you know, I, I, you, you can't study it on the internet. Um you can't read about it. It's a physical property that has to be looked at. And depending where your head is, where your heart is, and where your money is, you'll determine how important knowing that's, that, that stuff is. If you want to get into the business, um, I, I do, I would have to say getting into the kind of the retail side of it, if you could, if you could just, if you could work for somebody. Um, probably I say more of the retail side because they're probably structured, you know, specifically and you just, you just, you know, a little bit more textbook, um, you know, might keep you grounded in between lines as opposed to, you know, maybe, um, you know, more of an independent private side, although I do have a store location. Um, but do they need to learn all my tricks, right? Sitting next to me. I mean, the answer is yes, because they're healthy and they're positive and, and, and can show you how to run a business and do things like that. Absolutely. Uh, but sometimes there might be just easier boundaries to work within for some people that might be understanding. So I would actually maybe say a retail, a retail job, a retail position of some sort. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be discounting the industry if I said there was just some cheap, I mean, people could go to Gemological Institute of America. Uh, they're probably the most profound dominated, um, uh, credentialed industry, or not industry, uh, but organization in our industry. They oversee everything from stone grading um, to gemstone grading. Um, so when these get shipped either from Israel or other places from the country, they go to these certification companies, these these buildings, these places of business, and there's thousands of employees. They work up there and they and they grade. They grade everyone's diamonds on a personal level to a business level, you could go to their training. They train people for months, 
can go to their school for I think three months, a month, six weeks, six months. It's like a university. You can go. You can get that under your belt and then decide where you want to take your career. Like, oh, I got my diploma. Now which way am I going to go? Some people are craftsmen. Some people are jewelers. They're goldsmiths. Those are the real bad boys of the industry. Okay? That's the dying breed. That's the art. That's the other avenue which we could also get into, whether it's fashion, whether it's diamond grading, whether it's retail style. I mean, you and I would sit here for three days really reviewing any facet, no pun intended, um, of the industry. Uh, but I have a lot of bandwidth, so we can if we really wanted to. It's all good. And I'm, I'm, I'm to make this not timeless anymore. I am on furlough, so I've got nothing but time. No, no, I like it. I like, um, I, you know, this is you know my kind of first podcast, and I'm really glad that you stuck to it. But um, even I like to get out here and rehearse and try to connect with people in different ways. So I'm glad you, you know, forced me to you know get off the couch and stop eating Tillamook French vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup on top. Oh shit, that sounds really good. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I really wanted to buy myself a Cuisinart ice cream maker for my birthday, and I didn't, because all I wanted, all I wanted, was some chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. You're gonna go hard. You're gonna. If you gotta go hard, you're gonna go hard. Man, you owe me a watch now. Anyways, um, I can edit that. But uh, actually, you... before you do say that, um, I will give a shout out to Skywatch to so my buddy Gabe. Out there in um, California, who we buy and sell, oh, I sell them from the store. But you know what? I'm going to show them to you, uh, Skywatch.com, uh, and you might want to check it out and see what you like. Uh, it's a dive watch, and he kind of mimics the $5,000 watch that guys supposedly dive in, you know, and go hunt for sharks. I mean, I don't know too many guys that wear their $5,000 Breitling, right? But this is a dive watch. It's priced from $295 to $495, just for the regular guy that works hard every day. And then every go every once in a while goes into a dive bar. That's great, looking up. great price point. No, yeah. Oh man, no, I'm gonna do. Some, oh god, and I well. I'm sorry. The, the the band is made out of sail cloth, like uh, a boat oh. sail. Yeah, see there you go. Now I'm talking your language. Well, because a friend of mine the other day asked me, because um, I posted up some images on social media, um, the theme was concept of completion, and I had the lookbook, and then I had the, uh, the sleeve with the um, surgeon cuffs. I'm throwing terminology out there. And a friend of mine reached out to me and said, you know, when can you provide me um, that texture of blue, light blue, white window pane on his jujitsu gi? I'm like, <laughs> I don't think 100% wool versus a multi-layered cotton on a gi will be provide the same kind of. If it was Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're tearing shit apart, then that's that's oof. But I, it's like, well, I'll find you a good dye sublimation process and we'll get something worked out for you. Um, man, so yeah, we're uh, I'm gonna bypass commercial because this is uh, this is a really juicy episode. So when you to to kind of like. Uh, go back a little bit then in terms of the point where you started to open the store. Um, sure. To, Which, to, I, by the way, I did leave a huge part out, by the way. So I kind of got a little go. combined with my story. Yeah, no. Um, 
at 34, at 33 years old, I was tapped on the shoulder for my father, right? Um, and he knew a lot of other local businesses and dealers and players in town that had stores, little stores, big stores, suppliers. You just kind of like everybody else. You just kind of eventually know the people in your industry when you've done some business. Uh, in here in Phoenix, Arizona, there was a, uh, there is, there was a store opened up called the Jewelry Replacement Source that opened up in 1994 and it was for heavy insurance claims. So here's a perfect example. Um, you go to Hawaii, you're surfing, your wife comes out of the ocean and her ring is missing. It's gone. Um, uh, lost, stolen, or damaged. Uh, I'm in the business where it happens. Unfortunately, people put claims where, oh my God, my house was robbed. $10,000 worth of goods, $30,000 worth of goods. It doesn't matter. I've got some pretty scary stories up from customer sleeves from just really those most unfortunate. So unfortunately, there is that side of the business I do with where you do insurance claims. State Farm will call you, American Family, say, hey, listen, our customer put a claim in. Uh, we need you to either replace, fix, do whatever, and you know, obviously uh, get try to get them back whatever the damage was done. So I do that. That's how that originally started. The jewelry replacement source is how that had started in 1994. It became so successful that the owners started actually just putting goods and merchandise in it. So when people would come visit them, they could then actually kind of buy merchandise. Oh, it's an anniversary, third year anniversary. I want to get my wife a pair of diamond set earrings. You know what? My necklace broke. My child was I was playing with my two-year-old and he pulled on my chain happens all the time constantly do those repairs oh my gosh I've had this ring it got passed down from Aunt Edna she passed away at 88 years old it's not my style I'm going to take the gem out recreate it in something else all these different requests were coming in aside from doing the insurance claims husband and wife team from 1994 till 2012, they ran a small independent store. It was open to the public, but it had a private feel. When they were getting retired, getting ready to retire 16 years after having that business, I was given the opportunity to continue to run it, buy it from them, and continue it. The only reason I thought it was a good idea is because it was going to be easier for me to take over a 16-year-old business then try to start Ryan's Diamonds or Ryan's, you know, although it sounds nice ring to it. But, you know, why try to start something new when I could take something that was 16 years established, right? It just seemed like an easier transition. Um, it had a theme. It had a name. I gave it the shot in the arm it needed. When these lovely people retired at 60, my mentality at 33 was different. Little hungry, juicier, generational change, shift, see things differently. How can I incorporate technology with the changing times, um, you know, with the business, and how can I can make the connection? And here we are now, uh, and this is my eight-year anniversary, um, and I'm a full-on diamond bridal jewelry service house, you name it, buy, sell, custom. My claim to fame is about 250 engagements a year. So every three days I sit down with a couple. Um, him, her, her, him, 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 her, her, they, they, and um, they construct or navigate their way to the symbol of getting engaged and them deciding that we're going to spend the rest of our lives together of some sort. And uh, eventually I find out if they make it or not. <laughs> 
That was a jewelry joke. No, no, I got it. <laughs> not to serious by any stretch of the means, but it's, yeah. it's, it's actually a wonderful industry, and you're just you're constantly dealing with these people. But they're usually in a good mood and say, hey, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm on the other end. And she says, I can't stand this SOB after eight years. Or this happened to me, and it's time to cut ties, and I need to sell my ring. And so sometimes you unfortunately have to go through that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and that was, I was going to kind of, there was a perfect segue and then kind of more or less answered it anyways. But um, in regards to, because again, like we've touched, we've touched on that idea of these are all about relationships. And just like I would say to that class and I would say to anybody still, at, even at U of I, um, and these, these poor kids who call me from University of Illinois, like, Mr. Quinn, can we have $100? No. Can we have $50? No. But... I gave him 50 bucks eventually, but he, he really, he grinded for it. But, um, the relationships and sitting down with folks and developing that rapport and for what people want, what, what is a consultative kind of experience like? What, what should people kind of like, how should they conduct themselves to getting in touch with folks? What would they expect in terms of, you know, the introduction to it? Because it's just like suits. If you see something that looks expensive, Typically, a lot of folks just assume that it is. So I come in as that really cool middle-class, blue-collar, working-class guy and saying, well, let's knock down the elitism, chill, let's relax, let's talk first, let's break it down, let's kind of what's for what. Yeah. Let's take the elite out of it. Let's take, you know, because one of one, that's luxury. That's exclusivity is one of one. But it's not about, you know, as I would tell people in um, in the shoes and clothing, you don't have to pay a million dollars for a million dollar experience. For jewelry, diff slightly different. So if someone wanted to actually sit down, what would the experience kind of entail? Sure. So um, right before that, I think a lot of people have made their mind up, you know, I'm not handy until people have consciously made the decision and say, I'm ready to go, and I'm ready to go in this direction. I thought about my money. I thought about my future career, whatever. Um, <clears throat> goodness gracious. Uh, what, was, what was the second part that you said? Basically, uh, so what would, it, what would that approach sure, to right. you and then the okay. consultative process? Where I was going with it is I, I think usually – you can know a little or you can know a lot. And I think just either prior to coming in, um, you, you get up, well, you just do. You, you ask the questions. Um, but I'm not asking any of the diamond questions first. It's, um, you know, I want, I think I've always looked at it like this. Money, money is really important for people. And, one guy said it best, it's even emotional for us in many cases, right? And so I've been blessed to find a balance in salesmanship in in the business, in relationship building, like you and I always talk about, to 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 find out where all that stuff hits, you know, you know, who is this person, you know, that this is a big commitment. You know what I mean? Like it's you know, we get nervous sometimes as people or, you know, you know, do, do people really ask men, you know, hey, what do you go through before the societal, you know, model of you, you know, you've been with her for two and a half years or four years or six years or when are you going to pop the question? You know, like, you know, I, I don't know how much societal pressure is coming from them or their family. And so I think it's important that you make them feel relaxed when they're there. Mm -hmm. 
And if it matters to learn about the shapes and the quality and things like that, do it. If it's strictly, hey, I'm supposed to do this, but I have got X amount of money and they're stressed out about that, you diffuse that. You, 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 and, and so you just, like most things that you probably, most people know, you just listen as well as you can to accommodate that. And what's great about me shifting old sales techniques versus new one is now, you know, when you eventually know what you love that you do, you allow them to navigate you to where they want to be, if that makes sense. And I used to not behave that way. Old sales renditions and, and trainings and programs was forced for the dollar. And, and it's all true. Those things that you've read or learned from these other smart entrepreneur people, and they say when you're not thinking about the dollar and you're doing it with true compassion, and you, they know. They know. Mm-hmm. People know when you care, and they know when you don't. And so whatever your goal, whatever your one thing is, I think, for people, and jewelry, jewelry, running a jewelry business is, is, is no different. Whether it's a jewelry repair, right? Listen, there are people that bring in things they've spent thousands of dollars about. And then there's people that have had this chain for 18 years, and you wonder how it's still hanging on their neck. But it means all the world to them. And if it's a $10 job, you'll be surprised how far that goes with people, you know. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's... Good beer off. Sometimes I beer off with your questions. I hope I... No, it's all good. It's it's like we've talked about with, with shoes and... Um, whether it's an heirloom or not, if I, I just think a lot of times, in my overall opinion, I think m- most guys hate shopping because number one, they don't like. Most people just don't enjoy the process of the going out and looking and trying things on because, especially now, because there's so many different fits. Like um, I mentioned, I I won't say the name of the company, Amazon. Um, I bought two new pairs of jeans. It was out of necessity. It was I don't care about prime i can live without it whatever but um i dabbled in slim fit and i thought you know like i've got some really killer high top sneakers these darker fade cool shirt i'm gonna have a jacket made cool go out look or like casual like go to work wear whatever just a smart business casual and uh, like a higher level you know some accoutrement to it and but their slim fit is the point and when you you might go to a, a department store and there's straight slim slim boot cut boot cut straight uh five or six different cuts and there's maybe extreme slim slim skinny slim slim inside out slim with um it has a bottle uh a a bottle opener on the bottom of the cuff why do you need one at the bottom of the cup because when you have your leg out and you're smoking a cigar so you don't have to take your keychain out and pop the bottle open we just went into business together but um did we just become best friends yep um, when you get so inundated with options, when you're not even quite sure what you want to begin with, um, it's kind of, it's bringing it back and saying, well, what do you like? Let me suggest this. We'll try it. If you're not a fan, maybe if you think it's too snug, now let's try this. How does that? What? And it's, it's not being, you know, condescending. It's not being pushy because I've worked with, other associates who said, you know, Kevin, would you, like you said, push, like pushing and forceful, like, would you ever tell somebody to uh, buy it uh, and tell them that they looked good, even if they didn't? I was like, no, like, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't like, well, what do you mean? You know, for me, it's all about the sale. And I said, it's a lot, it's a lot more costly for me if I tell them that they look good in it and then they get home and the family or more importantly, the wife or the mister or whomever 
says they look terrible, and then they bring it back and return it because they don't feel good about it. I said, I would much rather, you know, that makes me look bad, it makes me feel bad, and then it costs me money in the long run. So I would much rather just be honest and say, you know what, I'm going to tell you, but at the end of the day, your word is what's most important. So... Um, I mean, and, and even, so, and even then in terms of like subject matter expertise, that's something that obviously like, I would say like that gets conveyed to folks like the education and everything. Yeah, no, I think, I think there's some, there, I get a lot of gentlemen, well, I get a lot of just couples or individuals. They like, they like to learn about what you probably have heard of the four C's, you know, and, um, certain quality grades, you know, there's a very basic, you know, Reader's Digest version of, you know, Diamond Shopping 101, you know, and um, and a lot of people read some of that, you know, very sometimes opinionated reviews on looks and styles. And sometimes, and I've shared this with all of my industry people, just decide who you want to be and stick to it because there's so much other noise going on that it actually distracts people. Website after website, you can't figure that out by looking at it online. People can't know what the suit looks like until they have you fit them and try it on. The diamond and jewelry business, especially in the engagement ring world, oh my gosh, when someone drops $200, two grand, they're coming into my establishment or others' establishment and they're putting an effort in and they're putting an effort they might give you a small description of the plan, the theme, anniversary, birthday, quinceanera, you name it. Um, you know, a push present now. Hey, we're having a baby. Um, the greatest thing in the world, the hardest working thing for nine months. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I love it. I thank them for coming. It's just an extra wonderful gift in the business for people to you know, show their love affection or in my case, sometimes even spend some money. on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, that's actually, um, their top, their absolutely top secret, uh, unless you buy something from me, but, um, in my, one of my, my better thank you cards, like you said, you thank them because it's not just a thank you, but you're actually, you're putting yourself in that moment of if it's in a wedding, if it's a job interview, if it's, you quit your job that day. You hit, the nail, you hit the nail on the head. I never thought of it that way, but I am. And, and if I have five people a day, do you know how many different roles and neat situations? I mean, can you imagine? Well, I mean, listen, here's my journey. Um, and I mean, whether we tag, you know, Instagram, Ryan underscore the source, you'll see not only all the quality of work, but the, you'll see all the weddings. In 2016, I was invited to eight customer weddings. Now, how awesome is that? Every time I go there, I get to have some drinks, dance, party, and watch people freaking celebrate. You cry because people give these sentimental speeches. You see people get nervous one time after another. You see people screw them up because they're tanked. <laughs> You know, you see all kind of follies and funnies and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, but no, that's, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm not here bragging by any stretch of the means. It's just, I'm blessed to have that industry. And that's just kind of what follows with it. Sure. And then you do you play Dr. Phil sometimes because then you have people come in and say, listen, um, I try to run a tight ship. I mean this. You, 
don't ever you can never really prospect anybody. I don't ever really worry about prospecting anybody. When people walk in, they have a request, they need my help, period. They're there for something. It is my job to do the best I can to navigate them through the help. Um, people come in and say, listen, um, and I try to not, I try to have as healthy of clients just as much as they want a healthy representative and do the work. I need a guy I can trust. I need a, a guy that, right? I want my customers to have a relationship with me. Sure, you can come in real quick, but I'd like to see you in a year. I'd like to see you in two or three or four more years and after that, okay? But sometimes I end on the other end of the spectrum and say, listen, this is terrible. We've been married for 30 years. My kid's 21, 26, and 28, and I'm in the middle of selling the house. Whether it was another woman, another man, whether there were some challenges, illness, I hear it all. That's like the Dr. Phil side of the business. You're not there thinking about making $300, making $1,000, making whatever. You're there to try to get through the situation, and then you do the work. And if you do the work right, and you do the work fair, like any other business, you should be profitable. doesn't have to be a lot. Something. And that's that's kind of with my logic with a lot of uh, like of the suits because um, I've talked to people all over the country that I've kind of with my little weird circles and I've talked to clothiers who have openly said to me like I am not like I like I did charge as high as I can and then they would give me their logic or like for me I am probably um, one of the most affordable if not me trying to be the most affordable because um, for me it's about it's about the value. And if I do, if you see how much I care and how much I'm putting into it and the work and the learning and the training, and um, it's like when you light that wick and you just start going into it, people are like, wow, Kevin, like you're so passionate about it. When people, people are a lot more perceptive, I think, than they give themselves credit for. Um, and when they see you putting that vibe and that energy into it, um, I'm, I'm a lot more cool with charging a lot less because... And this is just for myself, because I want you to see that I'm trying to make you really happy, and I'm trying really hard. And if it's more affordable, I don't want this to be a one-off. I don't want that you, I don't want you to only buy one or two things because it's really expensive, and only wear it once or twice a year or for one occasion. I want you to come back and maybe buy something else if it's a shirt, a jacket, if it's the first time it was a suit, because you liked what I did. It was a value you can afford, and now you want to try something else. Your conversation goes two ways. I'll use the first top one. It takes a while. Well, for me personally, sometimes, whether it's in the nature of the human, the mind, or the heart, or the feel, a lot of people sometimes don't really, I don't mean give away stuff, but you know, people, you, people know. If you're running a business, you know your margins, you know where you need to be, and you understand your business. But right, you can't help it. Sometimes you go a different way, and it may not have been as profitable or the margins it's traditional that you may see. But right, where's that different connection between being true to yourself and saying, listen, I spent 10 years in India. I've 
made fabric with my two feet, blindfolded. I deserve to charge $2,500 for suit. You're right about that. I think people should always develop a confidence. It's not about being an asshole or being firm, but just being prideful of knowing the service and the work that you get. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny is, is there's always this little human thing that just kind of kicks in, right? Whether it's a friend or a family. Mm-hmm. And you admit, right? Even like the conversation you had earlier, where you said, you know what? I'll do it under a thousand. I'll do it under a <laughs> thousand. This is the second path to the conversation. Aside from being prideful and being firm at pricing and branding ourselves, like a Tiffany, right? Tiffany can sell something for twelve grand. I can't do the same look for eighteen hundred. Do it all the time. What's the difference between people not stopping and saying, "Wait a minute, I might have to take an extra two, three days and see a guy like him to save me eleven thousand dollars." Doesn't matter if the money's expendable or not. If you had twenty grand, if two people had twenty grand in the bank. If you knew you could save 11 grand, most people would do it. So what's the difference between people making the effort and not? Branching off to the second part of your conversation. There's something in us that just makes a deal, right? doesn't matter. At some point in time, you just do it, right? It's in your blood. It's in your nature. You've talked to them about it. You brought it up. They know your goods. They know your services. But you're going to do something nice, and eventually you just you just make the deal. You might be used to charging 1200 bucks. Whether it's your boy or not, seven ninety five for him. You know what I mean? But but it's out there, right? The work is out there. You did it. It's on somebody else new. And sometimes that's priceless to save for to, to, to not do it for you know what I mean? Sometimes that's priceless in itself. Yeah, absolutely. And like and like we said, it's it's you not only thanking for the business and the support, like I said, my first lady client and one of my biggest priorities in doing this was I wanted to make sure that I was going to be selling to women because um, I think a lot of women, I think women have a little bit more creative freedom than guys do either that or just a lot of guys are a lot more conservative in their ways, but a lot of women are a lot more different body types and if they feel whatever their confidence is or maybe they've had a health issue, um, if you want it, I think you should have that option as long as you know you understand like what the the technical uh, aspect is. If it's a body measurement, how um, how a waist is measured, how a bust is measured, and um, you know because this is the culture that we live in nowadays. But it's also the craft and everything, and making sure that you know at all times you are that utmost professional, and making sure that everyone knows kind of what you're getting at, like what your what your goal is and why things are done a certain way that they are. So, but um, like I said, I am. I'm over the moon that one of my first customers actually was a lady. And um, you talk about creative freedom. Uh, I've, I've been doing a lot of media stuff, so I'm sorry if I said it already earlier. But um, she, uh, I said, hey, because we're under quarantine, I said, you know, I'll we'll do a virtual consult. I've done a few. Pick your fabric. Pick your liner. I'll worry about trying to do the rest reasonably. She said, you know what? You have great taste. I really like your style. You do it what she's like you design it and surprise me i'm like this is your money you're sure like four times i asked maybe i may have even asked in french and i was like are you she doesn't speak french she speaks spanish but they're close enough but um but there's that creative freedom there and that's the trust that i'm not saying i want to do that for everybody because even you know she could have called me at two o'clock in the morning and i would have been up designing but um that's that relationship 
and especially in businesses like this, because uh, Ryan is a family guy, and if one day like a little one ever wanted to inherit it, kind of in a different way than maybe you did, you know, same family tradition of the industry, but now it's a family, potentially a family business, and who knows? Um, the opportunity to build a legacy out of it. Yeah. You know, you know, and so I think sometimes, I mean, I didn't wrap that around my head until about two years ago. You know, I said, wait a minute. A lot of people, you know, whether they try to work for an opportunity or opportunity or get handed one, like, right, like this, this is the part now where, you know, you try to live by all the cool Instagram quotes, you know, from all the great leaders or you know. But so it's true. I mean, not to cut you off, buddy, but it, it's an opportunity to build a legacy. And, mm-hmm. and you. You won't feel old until after the people that you've sold to, their kids come to you for engagement rings. Right. Then the probability goes way up. (laughs) I'm already. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, I'm trying to be polite about it. We'll put you into a really nice Glen plaid. That way all the gray will kind of just blend together and it will just frame your face nicely and you won't really see any of it. Listen, I'm ready for part two, and I think next time I'm just going to go no hat, okay? But I am happy that I did get Presidio hand. It's a wonderful Mexican restaurant out here in Phoenix. There's, <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a little mom and pop store. They do great. And a matter of fact, real quick, you know how I got this hat? What's up? They don't sell them there. You have to be an employee. You have to be family, and you have to work there. But we talked about kindness, mm-hmm. did we not? Mm-hmm. And I just said, hey, listen – I really love those hats. I'm a little small business owner in town and, you know, a lot of people and I'd love to represent it. I said, I'd love to buy one off of you. How much can I buy one? And the guy said, hold on, let me check. And I don't hear from him for a half hour. My wife and I are getting ready to leave. And I look in the back. Someone whistles me, whistle, whistle at me, right? And I look in the back and it's the guy and he hauls me over. And he handed it to me. I tried to give him a $20 bill. He said, no, 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 no. So I thought it was cool. <laughs> and uh, I feel cool because I'm the only guy in town that has it. <laughs> You're much, I'm a hat I'm a hat guy. Hey, and, and you know, and much, much. That's uh, my style. Completely derailed my train of thought. Damn. I, was gonna say, I think I was going to say, just like your future KQ suit, you are one of a kind, especially with that hat. So we made it all the more <laughs> unique. Um we're probably going to be winding this down anyway, folks. This was Ryan Rick. Uh, we're talking uh, diamonds and jewelry, uh, heirlooms. Uh, Ryan, if folks want to give a quick shout out to the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if folks want to, um, you know, either consultation or questions or inquiries on repairs, um, new, anything else, what are some of the best ways to get in touch with you and check out some of your work? Yeah, no, thanks again, Kevin, and uh, and I really didn't mean to cut you off. I just uh, want to just run by. Um, in brief, um, 23-year-old business on the Phoenix, Arizona, uh, can pretty much take care of any of your diamond bridal jewelry needs. Um, out-of-state business, in-state business, I'm not sure if you have any listeners in Phoenix, um, but maybe they've been in the store as well. So um, www.jewelleryreplacementsource.com. Um, and then um, once you kind of connect there, you'll see a bunch of the uh, rest of uh, my social sites and things like that, Ryan underscore the source, uh, where all you see beautiful custom creation jobs, make all the good connections. You'll see awesome customers, and uh, I'm even like TikToking now, so we'll see where this goes. 
Yeah. Nice. Hey, no worries. We're gonna be. I'm gonna be asking you about a couple watches here in two seconds. Well, folks, thank you all so much for uh, dealing with us, for tolerating us, but a phenomenal um, conversation. Um, we get personal, but that's what's awesome. It's all about relationships. It's about family. It's about kindness and looking good and feeling good all at the same time. So, on behalf of myself and Ryan, thank you all so much. Remember to stay true to you and stay styled. Until next time, take care.